thank you. <laughs> I'd like to thank the Academy. I'd like to thank my right? Yeah. It's like that Kardashian <laughs> meme. You're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, we're live right now, and here's the intro that I. <laughs> Anyway, welcome to uh, I don't know. This is a uh, I don't know. This is, uh, digging Chris Graves. It's a mashup of digging uh, Mr. Cooper digging with Chris Graves. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I love Back to the Future. I'll tell you right now, Back to the Future 4 should have happened. It never did. 
in an alternate timeline, maybe a younger version of me got to see that and Ghostbusters 3. But the current timeline doesn't, you know, doesn't say that that happened. Anyway, I am Christopher Graves. I was supposed to um, interview Courtney Turner, a very awesome, uh, very inspiring individual that has been the Courtney Turner podcast. Um, uh, that actually, I got it mixed up because it's actually next week I will be interviewing her, Miss Turner. Uh, she's a frequent guest on Union of the Unwanted. And uh, like I said, very inspiring. But right now, also inspiring is the fantastic researcher, Dana, and uh, my co-host, Mr. Cooper, Mr. Tommy Cooper, and <laughs> awesome truck driver slash a good friend of mine, Mr. Harlan Stonewall is with us. And this will be a great show. I just absolutely welcome, everybody. Welcome, Chris Graves. <laughs> we made it we're here guys we did it well right off the bat dana i asked uh mr cooper and mr stonewall over the weekend when we did our 411 on the 911 anomalies episode what their 911 2001 uh, experience was this uh, th uh right now i'd like to ask you what was your experience on tuesday Tuesday, uh, September 11, 2001. I was, I don't remember what grade I was in, but I remember they rolled in those TVs that were on the carts, right? And I was oh, in school. They rolled that in. We watched it. And one of my, one of my fellow students, her dad was working in New York. So like she was freaking out. He ended up being okay, but that was literally it. I was really young. I think I was in like third or fourth grade. I just remember kind of thinking, what's what's happening? Like, wh what's going on? Right? It almost like didn't feel real. Um, yeah. Obviously, my frontal lobe was barely developed. So right. I didn't really grasp the reality of the situation. Um, and then I know that you guys know what documentary it is. It's like 10 hours long on YouTube. Um, it's the 9-11 one. Either Zeitgeist huh? or Loose Change. No, mm -mm, neither of oh. them. It's mm. it's wow. one that literally like shows like the map of. Is the it state. Red Pill? Red no, Pill. Hold on. Mm -mm, hold on. Ten hour nine eleven documentary. If you guys haven't heard really? of it, um, then I have to tell you what it is because oh my god. Where is it? I'm going to find it while you guys are talking because I, I sat there and I watched all 10 hours of it because like it literally breaks down every single question that you could think of. And I'm just sitting here and I'm like, you're talking about the 50 together? questions. Um, I don't maybe, maybe that's what that I sent you out uh, last week that we used Chris. Yeah, yeah. That was James, James Corbett. James Corbett. Yeah. But on that page that that video is listed on, that's what she's talking about. There's three parts of it. But part number two the other day, I couldn't find it. I could only find, find one. The only thing that's coming to mind, Dana, The one that I found, it's all 10 hours. <laughs> really? 10 hours? 
Say that one more time. Really? 10 hours? Yeah, like, it's 10 hours. I, mean, I watched the whole thing because I couldn't look away. Yeah. Because the... Now I want to watch it. YouTube. <laughs> the prominent 9-11 documentaries that I can think of is Loose Change and Zeitgeist. Right. And I've seen well, both of those. there was some around that uh, was called Red Pill 9-11, and yeah. some of those were like 18 hours. Oh, oh wow. And it had a little bit of everything stuff in it. Well, not to, put Dana, not to put Dana on the spot, but uh, I'll just say this: throughout the next year, I have uh, I have like a folder that I'm going to go through, and I can do literally 20 more episodes on 9/11 anomalies and things like that that people don't talk about. There's a lot there. Um, it's overwhelming. And I think that yes. was on purpose. That was very much on purpose, like a lot of these events. Send some of that stuff to me, Chris. I have, Tom. Okay, I'll. I've got it all. <laughs> I got it all archived. So then I'll start looking. No, I know. There's just so much there that, uh, you know. And I sent so much to Mr. Sam Tripoli too, and uh, we'll see what happens with Mr. Tripoli. Um, but Dana, uh, coming up, let's say this. Um, let's speed up to present day. What are some questions, if any, that you may have that have not been satisfactorily uh, answered in terms of the official, the official narrative of the 9-11 terrorist attacks of 2001? That's if you even have any. I'm just wondering. You're a I great researcher. That's why I'm asking this. <laughs> specifically, that documentary, because I ended up watching it twice, because I was just like kind of in a trance. Because, like, after like the fourth hour, I'm just like, I can't look away. Right. Um, so I watched it twice. I personally feel like all of the questions that they asked, those questions should have been answered in a congressional committee or like a Senate hearing. Though they should have, they should have had to answer all of those questions because to me, like halfway through that documentary, literally, no, it doesn't make sense. Not even halfway through, seriously. Like they break it down into different categories of like types of sec, like types of questions. And it was probably like a good maybe 30, 45 minutes in. And I'm like, no, none of this makes sense. Um, and I don't know the specifics of like which phone calls, but they break down a lot of the phone calls and how suspicious they were. And I'm like, people, yeah. why has there never been answers? Why has there never been answers? And why has it been so, uh, you know, seated into the American psyche that we are to expect that these things just happen, that inside jobs are just okay. And, you know, it's okay, whatever, like Bush did 9-11, it's a meme, right? But it's like at the end of the day, we lost so much. We lost so much freedom. And there were so many people that died. The war was a complete lie. They yeah. kept us over there for so long. We took so many lives. Um, the damage just cannot be understated because they literally have just used that um, to continue to perpetuate uh, the war machine. I mean, really. And I think it's just the fact that 
And I'm not saying that people didn't ask questions because I know that people did. And I know that there's a trail of dead bodies of people that ask questions, right? That got pretty loud right. and got pretty close depend all the way through the Obama administration. Like that's a fact, but it's, people I just, I don't up, know. People can look up the name Barry Jennings. And that's all I got to say about that. Barry Jennings. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of it's, people. It's, it's just completely, I, I don't even know, like, even like that show, The Whitest Kid You Know, like their very first episode <laughs> that they ever came out with, where he's like, uh, you know, showing the kids the pictures of 9-11, like the built, and he's like, that? That's not an airplane. And one of the kids is like, that looks like a missile. And he's like, <laughs> bingo, you know? And it's yeah. like, but it's like, why is that being more factual? You know what I'm saying? What was the moment? And obviously it happened like during Reagan, but what was the moment where people just, the news is the news and you just have to take what we say, right? And that's it. And that's the truth you're going to get, right? Like Mockingbird uh, to the max. And it, I don't know. I feel like I've told you guys this before about other stuff. People don't care until like it affects their family. And that's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really poor way to uh, look at your fellow man, you know, and justice, quite frankly. I just, I don't know. It's a shame. Tom, what, what do uh, you think? I think uh, the pe pe families are going to start feeling the pain here real soon. It's get it's everything's the prices of everything's going up. Like I just drove down my street past apartment complex and this guy and this lady's stuff is just all out on the street. So I don't know if they got kicked out of their apartment. You know what I mean? So um yeah, it's gonna get rough here before I think before people start to realize that it's not just them, that it's everybody else, and let's do something about it. What do so, you think they can do, Tom? To make a difference. Um, I think he, in my situation, I'm going to have to get with my neighbors and see what they know now, do you about like what's your going neighbors on. At all? Uh, that's part of the problem. I don't really know my neighbors that well. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, right. The people that live next door to me, they they just moved in a few years ago, and we've already had issues. Um, I try. I, I'm the kind of person, you leave me alone, I'm going to leave you alone. Yeah. Do what you want. You want to have a party in your house? I don't care. Do whatever. Just don't bitch when I do stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, I, I, you know, it's not like I go and knock on my neighbor's door and talk to him or whatever. But, right. um, you know, I see him like on Fourth of July when everyone's lighting off fireworks and stuff. But, you know what I mean? I'm not. I don't want to go talk to them about things like uh, the world's coming to an end uh, on Fourth of July. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, right. um. I, I don't know, Chris. I think it's going to have, it's going to, uh, before pe people are waking up, but I think in order for it to be a mass awakening, yeah, something's going to have to happen. Um, what do you think that something would be? Well, uh, my buddy I, I work with, um, Ricardo, he yeah. asked me yesterday if I knew about that, um, October thing where everyone's supposed to get that alert, that emergency alert. Have you guys heard about that? It's supposed to be a new uh, COVID lockdown in October planned. Okay, well, there's also apparently, this has been on Twitter, they're supposed to do some type of national alert or something like that, yeah. and he asked me what I thought about it, and I said, dude, I don't really know, but that would be a good time for them to switch the internet. Um, 
And I think that's coming. I don't think they're going to kill the internet, but I think they're going to censor it really hard. Yeah, and our shows may not be on anymore. Are you talking about the dead internet that Sam Tripoli has proposed before? Uh, no, I think that'll go away when they when they switch over. Right. They're going to switch it at some point. I, yeah. I do believe that. They're going to try to get. They're going to try to get all of us that are doing this kind of stuff on the internet. They want us to go away. Yep. Right. Um, so all of us might have to get together at some point and get our own server so we can run our shows. So yeah. here's the thing. People, people don't know this, but you can run, you can get free internet. Okay. Right. Um, but you have to bounce it off other people's thing, like their receiver or whatever. I'm not super like a tech guy, so I don't know the technical wording for it. <laughs> but you can it's like uh like internet radio so okay. i have i have a, a nice little tower that i'm pumping a signal out a guy 200 200 uh miles away has got another one he's pumping my signal out to somebody else who's got another one at 200 miles and it go like bill cooper did that's how he used to do his shit pump because well, his, it would yeah, only go so far. That was, you know what I mean? That was ham radio repeaters. He had the ham yeah. radio, the AM ham radio, and and those and you are can do that with an internet, right? Yeah, but it's it's something similar. But the ham radio repeaters, they're dying every day. California, you can look it up. They cut a bunch off or was going to or something last year, right? Well, they just don't want people talking. That's why they're doing that. Well, they're afraid of another Bill Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> Dana, Dana, what are you thinking about that? Uh, as someone that's a lot younger than us. Um, nah. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, they are. Um, I think, I mean, whatever, like I'm out in the woods and, you know, it's pretty much, uh, you know, elderly people around me. But, like, I'm cool with my neighbors and... You know, I have a ton of guns and a ton of ammo. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's more so like I'm worried about being able to protect myself. Um, but also, uh, you know, the whole survival thing. And yes, figuring out how to uh, sort of snag some Wi-Fi because this is this is kind of like the death knell for them, I think. Uh, you know, they're ramping up again, this fear porn with COVID, uh, and it makes me sick. They got, we got the, uh, email the other day at work that, you know, the flu vaccine and COVID. And I'm like, you guys have the audacity to tell us that we have to get an exemption for that vaccine that killed so many people. That's like completely insane. Oh my gosh. There's so many people here. Hey everybody! How's it going? Oh, hi. Hello. Let me hey, let me introduce everybody. We got, yeah. We got Mr. John Jeffries, uh, the son of the awesome Mr. Donald Jeffries, with us right now, and my cohort. And don't take our word for it, Mr. Peter Seacosh, uh, researcher, editor extraordinaire. Uh, welcome to the program, everybody. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me on, Chris. Yeah. Good evening, gentlemen. Yeah. Hope now, you guys don't mind. I'm nice driving home again. from uh, construction right now. <laughs> no, not at all, brother. 
<laughs> we love you for that. <laughs> I'm only glad that you, uh, you and John and uh, Dana and everybody has been, we've been able to touch base right now. I was just asking Dana earlier because I, I got Harlan and Tom's uh, experiences on 9-11 over the weekend. What can you tell us about what you you both have experienced when it comes to Tuesday, September 11, 2001? Um, who wants on, to go first? Yeah, who wants to go first? Uh, we got John and we got Peter. Uh, um, it's up to I'll, Peter. I'll go. I'll, I'll go. Sure. Okay, go, go ahead, Peter. <laughs> I, it, it, it's not much of a. How old was you? Guys? How old was you I? Was when... Yeah. Uh, twenty. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so basically, my uh, it's not it's not much of a story, but I was I was actually attending City College at the time, and my uh, <clears throat> and I was sleeping in because all my classes were at night. Um. And my uh, my mom actually called me from Texas. She was uh, she was uh, into bullfighting at the time, and she was doing like a bullfighting school. Um, so she uh, she called me out of the blue, saying that she was uh, she was stuck in in Texas at that point on on some ranch. And she called me, and she just said that you know someone's flying planes into buildings, and um, you know, kind of half awake, I woke up and. Uh, <clears throat> turned on the TV and, uh, you know, obviously there it was. Um, and then I remember sometime later, remember all the, the teacher at the time, <clears throat> like she, um, she canceled the class. I called in, you know, all the classes were canceled for the day. And, <clears throat> um, I remember later going downtown kind of in the evening. And I just remember the kind of the, uh, uh, I don't know. The atmosphere was very different. Like, you know, everyone was kind of, it was like, they kind of had the, uh, I, I can't think of a better term for this, but they kind of had like the life force sucked out of them. Like they were, everyone was still kind of in shock and it was, it was kind of, uh, an experience kind of see, seeing, you know, groups of people just kind of like stunned by this thing that had just happened, even though it had to happen like, you know, 10 hours earlier. Um, I just remember just really taking note of that and, <clears throat> So a few days went by and then I went to my, went to my classes and I, what I, what I, one other distinct thing I remember about it is kind of the, the cultural differences on, on how, you know, different groups of people handle things. And like, I remember my, uh, my, I remember my, my teacher in I think Photoshop, she, she started off talking about like, Hey, does anyone want to open up about this and talk about it? And no one wanted to say anything, so we just moved on with the class. But I remember my, my Japanese teacher, <clears throat> she, her whole thing was uh, just to act like it didn't happen or just kind of ignore it, um, which, you know, it, it's kind of it's, – it's a very kind of cultural thing where, um, like, you know, in, in Japan, for example, like, like you know, if you, if you sneeze, everyone acts like it doesn't occur. So um, anyway, I just, I just thought that was kind of interesting um, that, you know – one one teacher just completely ignored it, and the other one wanted to have like a whole, you know, uh, everyone gather together and, and discuss their feelings on it. But anyway, I just it was it was kind of like a, a shocking thing at the time. I didn't I didn't start putting together the you know the pieces of it. You know, I, I kind of bought the the typical narrative from everyone. You know, from the the news and the TV, and uh, you know, just like everyone else until probably like five years later when, you know, somebody had come up to me and just said, Hey, you know, this doesn't make sense. And, 
you know, how about this thing? This thing is kind of like they, they hauled all the, uh, the metal off to, to China. What was that about? And, you know, like, yeah. so it was, it was, you know, piece after piece. And then finally I watched um, Loose Change, I think one of the first editions of it. And then I was like, oh, before. shit. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> that's my story. Not, 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 tip, not very exciting. Did uh, Donald Jeffrey's Hidden History uh, open <laughs> your eyes more? When it comes to the events of uh, 9-11? I think so. Um, you know, he, I remember him making a bunch of really good points in that book. Like, um, yeah. <clears throat> like he made the point of, I don't think I've seen this mentioned in any other, um, in any other book on, on the subject. But, you know, Don pointed out that like, hey, why, why are all these like these photos, like really bad photos of the people supposedly on the planes? The memorial um, photos. Yeah. right they were all like they're all blurry or they were all like kind of indistinct or you know they were from like a long time ago which yeah. was kind of odd um but yeah i don't i don't even think uh jim mars mentioned that in his 9-11 book um but uh, right. i just thought it was a really good point that don had made um <clears throat> and then he he mentioned the the woman who uh you know like she had like basically lied about getting out of the buildings. I, th I think that was, that was what it was. There was a woman that made, she made the claim that she was a survivor of the uh, collapses and ended up stealing a bunch of money uh, when it comes to the, the different funds that were raised for uh, survivors of 9-11. That would be the grift. Wow. The grift. Yeah. Or is Jesus, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, John, let me ask you this. Um, yeah. What was your uh, Tuesday, September 11, 2001 experience? Well, uh, as much as I remember, I was in sixth grade and uh, everybody was traumatized. You know, at that point, I was only like 12 years old, so I wasn't going to look at it in any kind of conspiratorial way. Um, I just remember it was... You know, I didn't know what to think of it back then politically. I just thought these hijackers are, are hijacking planes. Uh, something's crazy. You know, I remember we had, a, I think we had a couple days off from school. And uh, at least my sixth grade teacher who I liked was crying. And everybody was sort of devastating, like wondering what was going on. Yeah. And then uh, an, an interesting thing uh, that you'll probably appreciate, Chris, that I do remember about 9-11 uh, around that time to me was a big deal is that uh, – the last episode of Batman Beyond was delayed airing. I don't know if you remember because there was some plane going into a building and they said some kind of because of sensitivity. And so I, I remember being pissed about that around that time, not being able to see that episode for like a year or so. Well, they also wow. pulled, they pulled the trailer for the Spider-Man, uh, Sam Raimi. That's right. To it was Spider-Man teaser yeah, trailer. I remember that. Yeah, where, where he catches the, the helicopter in the, the Twin right. Towers. You know it. Yeah, yeah they, uh, Marvel also came out with this whole series of comics at the time that, like, I think there was a Spider-Man comic where the, the cover was all black. This, I, I think I remember buying this at the end of November, but yeah, yeah. It, the cover was all black and, like, it was just all these Marvel superheroes showing up at, at Ground Zero. And yeah. it's like they had, they had interrupted the, the, the story that was being told at the time. Um, yeah. And then they came out with these, like, I think DC even did this where they came out with these, like, these trade paperbacks that were like, these, like did it with uh, Superman, Superman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. But they did like a whole like compendium of like these short stories in like a trade paperback. 
and you know, obviously it was all telling the official narrative, but it was like, you know, comparing uh, Bin Laden to Hitler and all this stuff, and um, <clears throat> like it, it had like a had like a scene of like what the the serv- the, the the people in their last moments in Flight ninety three experienced, and you well, know, it, it was. I think, it, what, I think what you're referring to, Peter, and correct me if I'm wrong. They they did turn the nine eleven uh, commission's final report into a comic book. That was another thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah so they came out with these these trade paperbacks almost immediately after the event, and then uh, sometime later, you're right. They did they did do a separate comic on that, and I forgot I forgot who published it. But um, I mean, but looking was, back at some of that stuff now, it's very grading children in in uh, elementary school to the official story. That's what it was. Right. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's amazing to think of how many different things have been you know, propagandized through comic books. Right. Oh, yeah. Even the anthrax attacks a week and a half after. Right. That was in comic books. What was was that one, Chris, about? It was like about a... It was like about a zombie zombie drill that was kind of turned into like a comic at one point. Um, Yeah, that was in 2010. The CDC. Yeah. The CDC put out a comic book that basically... (laughs) reflected a pandemic but one in terms uh that involved uh zombies because wa- the walking dead kind of uh, captivated the public's imagination around that time right but it was lockdowns and similar things I mean, it was around 2010 2011 and uh cdc put out an official comic book about a, a, a fictitious pandemic so. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a real, I think, a real testimony to that uh, that art medium that it's constantly being used to, you know, propagandize. Because you know, whoever's putting it out knows that that is such a, a you know, a, a wide, widely read, uh, you know, art form that you know that you know they're going to get the message out that way. It's propaganda. Yeah, yeah exactly. You're going to get the official narrative, and you're going to drill it into the next generation. Into their heads. Uh, I'm not going to go on a, a soapbox, but it pisses me off to high to high degrees. Um, what do you guys actually think about the anthrax attacks that were about a week and a half after 9-11-2001? That's right. I do, a lot I of do people don't talk about that. that. Yeah. I remember my John, you're talking about that. You're breaking up a little bit, John. I'm breaking up a little? Okay. Yeah, a little bit. You might have to reload your mic or something, or may have to reload the stream. Okay. All right, let me come out for a second and see see if I can restart it. Can you guys hear that? Could you hear that? Because he was the only one that was doing it on me. Yeah. Yeah, I could hear it. It's a little scratchy. Yeah, I heard it. I heard it. I wasn't sure if it was my my headphones, but... So, So Anthrax, Catholic... Yeah, that guy. Yeah, it's a total joke. Total joke. Seriously. Uh, Literally uh, just another part of American Gladio, in my opinion. But again, you know. know, Yeah, man. Well, no, a lot. No, I only say that because a lot of people don't know what the hell I'm talking about when I bring up Gladio. That's oh my- yeah, dude. This is like totally domestic gladio. Like, oh, okay. yeah. I really think that uh like specifically, I mean, 
in my opinion, I think that, uh, you know, uh, post Vietnam, that was a domestic Phoenix program and Phoenix. then it turned into yeah. domestic Gladio. Yeah. Yep. Straight up. Yep. Like that's all well, it is. They, they targeted, uh, Patrick Lay, Senator Patrick Leahy and Tom Daschle, the only two senators that were asking for an actual investigation into what went wrong on September 11, 2001. And also Dick Cheney told right. Patrick Leahy to go fuck himself on the, uh, uh, in Congress. <laughs> That's right. Didn't, didn't they? And then it, and then it turned out like the, uh, the, the form of anthrax that it was, was some refined version that was like basically only available at like Fort Detrick Fort or Detrick. something. That's right. Yeah. Fort yeah. yeah. And that pushed the Patriot Act overnight without any. Sure did. That's right. It served its purpose. It, it served, served that it. fear. Yeah, That's it's fear right. porn, right? Uh, and that was yeah, only a week just... and a half after 9-11-2001. Yep. Yeah. People don't... That's why... They don't connect the dots when it comes to the anthrax attacks. And also, let's keep the, keep this in mind, folks. This is what uh, was able to get Anthony Fauci to be able to turn around the gain of function. Um, yep. Because prior to that, in 1968-69... They outlawed gain of function, I believe, and uh, there's documentation for that. Uh, 2001, wow. 2001, the anthrax attacks reversed all that and made it so that Anthony Fauci could actually green light gain of function all over again. If, so if, if I'm not right to COVID, if I'm not mistaken, the the whole social distancing concept also came from the Bush era, except. Well, the Except at, at the time when it was presented, it was like, oh, no, nobody would fall for this. And, you know, it's all like, you know, that's, yeah, you know, the public's not going to go for this if you well, try it, you know. Well, Tom, Tom, you've heard this before, right? The six feet, the six feet uh, apart thing, that has significant occult. It has esoteric meaning. And occult yep. significance, right? Yes. Because, because that's your personal space, right? And if you don't have a human contact... And you're dying or you're ailing, Dana. Maybe you can answer this. If you don't have human contact, and you're basically you become a psychopath. <laughs> no, 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 I don't even mean that. No, no, I mean in terms of, I mean in terms of if you're you're ailing health wise, and you don't have human contact. Yep, that is why I would not wear PPE when my patients died while I was working during COVID, uh, exactly. because it was inhumane. Because uh, yeah, when you're alone like that for that long, yeah, I had people look me in the face and tell me that like they give up because they thought that they were being abandoned, and I'm like, yeah, your family didn't abandon you; <laughs> they're not right. letting you in the hospital. Uh, so but I'm it was just completely this inhumane. Up. Something to this, right? I'm not making this up. That's an actual thing, right? Human contact is major when it comes to getting over something like a disease or an injury. They're not going to tell you that, though. Right. No. Yeah. They don't tell you that. They don't tell you the importance of that because literally I would get screamed at for taking off my PPE. And I'm like, I'll keep my mask on. Like, that's fine. But I don't need the rest of this stuff. Like, you guys are making us reuse half of this crap anyway. It doesn't make any sense. The CDC is changing their mind every five seconds. So either they've gone, like, fully schizophrenic or someone hacked their computer and is just, like, playing games. But 
it does make a difference, but they're not going to tell you that. They're just not. They're going to justify whatever they need to do. And that's why, like, as far as anthrax goes, yeah. like, yeah, more people should know about that because, sorry, but uh, Operation Warp Speed was literally Trump kind of getting the anthrax band back together, right? Like, he's got Robert Cadlick on there. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, this is what we're going to do now. This is going to be great. We're going to have a good time, right? Because he's right. totally, like, purging the deep state. No, he's not. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll see 40 this time. Yeah. 40 chess. I am so sick of Trump. <laughs> Chris, I, I was in prison when that, when that anthrax stuff was going on. Yeah. And if anybody received any like government paperwork, right. They would take them outside and have them open that outside. Yeah. Whoa. That's what it was. My father, uh, he ended up uh, having some kind of respiratory illness, and we thought that it very well could have been one of the uh, the bills or letters that came through the uh, Patterson, New Jersey post office uh, installation, because that was one of the, I think it was Patterson, was one of the targeted uh, post office facilities that, that had a uh, guy hit by anthrax. And, of course, my father was really nobody so i don't know why we were thinking that at the time but in those days after 9 11 anything was really possible anything was really up in the air you know so we didn't yeah, they, they really got you thinking that you know terrorists were around every corner they got right. peter, peter they got people to put plastic all over their houses and some people even died from suffocation they didn't get my well, no, I don't get anything over you, Harlan. There were some unfortunate people that duct taped plastic all around their houses and suffocated and died. Chris, what was the reason? Oh, my God. Because they were told wow, they, were, they were under the uh, assumption mm -hmm. that putting plastic, uh, you know, uh, duct taping uh, plastic all around their houses would keep uh, things like uh, anthrax out, you know, biologically. Wow. I'd and never heard that. Me neither. Oh you, oh, you ain't never heard that? Oh, you well, said I was in, no. I was in prison, I so I didn't, have, I didn't have access to all this stuff. Well, that, <laughs> I should, uh, I should, uh, I should sneak that into Hidden History 3. Or Hidden yeah, Mike Shorter put that point. in there. Yeah, in history three is already like a what two thousand pages? Oh my god, it's almost at five hundred. Then there was, yeah. then there was <laughs> the alert <laughs> levels, you know, the different colors. For everyone, I remember there. that. For everyone, oh, I remember the believe me, I remember the warnings. Yeah, orange, green, uh, yellow, red. But for anyone out there that doesn't uh, is not aware, and I wish John would be able to come back, uh, John Jeffries. Um, Mr. I'm messed him up. I feel bad now. No, it's okay. It's, you should come back soon. Um, Peter Sikosh is um, an, uh, a thousand times better researcher than I could ever. Oh man, ever I don't know. No, yeah, believe me. A lot, especially a lot of these things that predate the 1900s. A hundred, hundred percent. Oh, um, there's. There yeah. He's the editor of Hidden History 3 for Mr. Donald Jeffries as well. And you want to know something else? On Borrowed Fame, another book that we helped uh, our good friend Donald Jeffries with research, 
on Borrowed Fame, the cover was illustrated by Mr. P.S. Sikosh, and uh, it's an honor to be able to to say that he's a good friend of mine. So I just well, thank you, to... thank you, Chris. Kind of you. <clears throat> but anyway, yeah, I think I think you guys are gonna. I mean, not to switch topics, but I think you guys are really gonna enjoy this book when it comes out. Like it's, uh, I was just telling Don the other day that it's like it's literally. It's like, it's like you're being punched. Like, it's like each, I mean, like, not like in a bad way, but every, every chapter is like, it's something impactful. Like it's, it's one thing after the next. Like, I, I don't think most people know a lot of the stuff that's in there. So, um, the, the first two books really like get into like, you know, basics. And then we go back to the 1776 and we cover it all over again up until like i think we i think the book ends around 2001 but we end up going through all these events again that were mentioned in the previous books touching on a lot of the same guys and like digging up more about them it's it's really interesting um there's so much in there that donald had to split it into uh, another book hidden history <laughs> 4 is going to cover all the stuff that i sent him on uh, sandy hook the Aurora uh, Batman movie theater shooting. The Vegas Columbine. Good. Columbine good. is a big one. The Vegas shooting. Good, good. Um, good. DC Sniper. I found some good. stuff. Uh, Dave McGowan <laughs> actually uh, put a lot of that together. The anthrax attacks and the patsies they set up for that. 9-11 is huge in Hidden History 3 and Hidden History 4. There's a lot more. Um jfk jr jfk senior there's a lot there uh, so peter uh what do you th in terms of the 9-11 sections what's what stands out to you for a hidden history three in terms of the 9-11 sections you're the editor of you know, uh, the I'm not. I'm not sure whose phone is breaking up here, Chris. If it's yours or mine, but reception's a little funky for a second. But you're asking me Do what you, what stands out the most in the 9/11 section. As being, as, as being the editor for Hidden History three and four, is there anything yeah. in terms of the September 11th sections that stands out to you that people would be kind of shocked by? That's that was pretty much the question. Yeah, um, I, I've got to read it again, to be honest. Um, like, I, I put so much focus on just the stuff that's based on my research because I, I end up, like, suggesting, you know, rewrites on it to, to Don. But as far as the 9-11 stuff that I recall, um, uh, there was a lot of – one of the things that stands out story about the, uh, the, the guy with the stuffed rabbit that uh, gets hauled away by one of the, the – the fireman. Some reason that story kind of is always stuck out to me. It's just this unusual, well, that just this completely weird story. That, um, that connects to the uh, news report uh, I played on conspiring. When oh, when you know the other the other thing that stands out is is all the uh, there's multiple multiple stories that Don gets into. He just uh, kind of unpacks these uh, these multiple stories from all the firemen who talk about explosions and. Um, how it sounded like a bomb was going off and it's, yeah, it's over 200. and how they over right 200. and then they worked to they clearly worked to censor that they were uh, basically omitted from um, they, thre they threatened their pensions and their retirement yeah 
right? Right. So those, those are the two big ones that I, I remember standing out. Um, yeah. Anyway, that, those are, I'll probably get to that section in the next few days. I'm kind of going through everything with the fine tooth comb and making sure all the, uh, you know, the bibliography is correct and the, uh, you know, all the sources are, they make sense. Um, I've actually had to go through and add quite a bit more sense, uh, sources to things. Cause, um, like, especially like the McCarthy stuff is, it gets pretty crazy. Like I'm actually like linking to, uh, to government documents on, on internet archive. Um, well, Peter, so it's, Peter, huh? Peter, you won't get it another chance. I have, I have a feeling you won't get another chance to, uh, to broadcast this, but mm. Joe, Joe McCarthy, Joseph McCarthy, in terms of the uh, senator that, you know, gets blamed for blackballing people in uh, Hollywood and in Congress in the 1950s. You mean he the had, guy that was telling the truth? He had a connection yeah. to UFOs, Tom. Yeah, there's, there's a weird UFO uh, connection to, to um, Joseph McCarthy. But, okay, so uh, let's see, where do I start with on this? So, First off, I got to credit my source, which is uh, Joseph Farrell's book. Uh, it's called McCarthy, Monmouth, and the Deep State. And if you go through these these transcripts, basically it starts out that, uh, so like the transcripts from, you know, the as, as, as you know, like, you know, he was like, how long have you been a member of the Communist Party? Do you know the Rosenbergs? Do you know, um, you, you know, that well, kind of Peter, thing. So Peter, the majority everyone, of the trans... Peter, what? for... Not to cut you off, but what? for anyone out there that may not be, uh, may not realize this, what was Joseph McCarthy's role supposed to be in Congress when it comes to uh, communism and things in the 1950s? I think I know what you're asking me, but uh, he basically got approached by by three men approaching different parts of like uh, national security and the government, and that's never really been revealed uh, who they were. But they were they were apparently representatives of the different branches of the armed forces. Um, and they basically wanted him to go in and do like this investigation of the deep state or, you know, of of the government communist infiltration that had basically taken place over the, you know, the, the Roosevelt administration um, from the 30s. Um, so he basically took took this on, but he started digging and, you know, he started finding stuff going on like. One of the major things that I included was uh, there were there were like top secret documents being destroyed and they were like missing and uh, there were like lists of documents that were missing. It, it gets really weird. Um, so one one set of, of uh, investigation transcripts, uh, they never got released until 2003. Now, get these these uh, uh, these investigations he was doing was like way back in 1953. So it, it, it's like 50 years before, you know, these even get released to the public. So it's kind of weird. And the, the, official, the official line is that um, the reason that they're getting released now is everyone involved is, you know, not alive anymore. But you go through and you can tell, like, he's starting to, like, he starts out looking for communism. And he starts, like, touching on all these, like, really, like, super sensitive areas. Um, and investigating things like uh, international finance, and uh, at at one point in the in the transcripts, he's like, 
his assistant Roy Cohn, who's who is uh, you know doing the investigations with him. Roy Cohn is that the same individual that's connected with uh, a certain Donald Lord Trump? Jesus, oh Jesus, right, Harlan? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so at one point in the transcripts, there's oh, all yeah. sorts of man, there, brother. Yeah, there's there's weird stuff in there, and in, in these these transcripts that got released twenty years ago. Uh, like one thing is Roy Cohn's just like he he's inter asking uh, questions of this guy named Abraham Chazanow. And um, I think he's part of like the uh, the hydrographic office or something. Yeah. And so he he starts asking him questions and out of the blue, he's like, do you know the Rothschilds? Like in the middle of this, this like this thing where he's like, you know, they're supposedly looking for communist infiltration. It's just really weird. It comes. This is Joseph McCarthy asking. Yeah, Roy Cohn. No, Roy Cohn is is asking right. this guy that they that they pulled up to the stand to you know testify, and the guy the guy kind of hems and haws, and finally he's like, yeah, I might have seen them at a at a party once or at a meeting once, and there's no there's no real explanation why this comes up. I don't know if it was like a clumsy way to tie it to international finance, or he was suggesting that uh, you know the were involved in the banks in Europe, um, had something to do with what was going on there with money or, you know, money laundering. Another really weird part is uh, he starts he starts asking, um, I forgot the guy's name. I think there was one guy named Alvin Hall, and I yeah. forgot the other guy's name, but um, McCarthy sends up a guy named, um, what's the guy's name? Uh I forgot. I forgot the guy's name, but he he gets this 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 other guy on his committee to start asking questions of 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 this guy from the Bureau of Engraving and Printing, and they start digging into uh, the matter of uh, the di the the diaries of of um, Major Racy George George Racy Jordan from from uh, HUAC, which is the House on American Activities Committee, which and not Howard not Howard Hughes. Where I thought there was a connection before, right? Uh, not, not that I've come across, okay. but major racy Jordan, he was in charge of lend lease with Russia at the time. And he was like keeping track of all this unusual stuff he saw because he was doing shipments of mater war materials to Russia at the time. Mm -hmm. And he, he noted that not only was the U S sending, um, like nuclear secrets to Russia, this is in the middle of like world war two, like right. sending them like like heavy water and uranium and like uh, uh, rods for, you know, um, what is it? Refining like nuclear, nuclear piles. So, yeah. So all this stuff is like being shipped over to, to Stalin. Like it's, it's very strange. And then, and then uh, one other thing that Racy Jordan notes, major Racy Jordan is that uh, this other thing being shipped over to the Russians is uh, these printing plates and the printing plates are for occupation currency, um, you know, for for Germany and these different countries that the U.S., Britain, and Russia are going to be invading pretty soon. So it, it it's really weird. It's really really weird. But so he he goes in and he starts like he starts asking this guy, and he's talking about how the um, the the soldiers, when they came into North Africa, they started using like these, uh, I guess they're called yellow seal dollars, um, yeah, which were like gold certificates to, right. yeah, they were using it as like the currency. And there was basically this, this giant money laundering thing going on where they were taking in uh, French francs from North Africa 
and exchanging them with with these these gold certificates and eventually the the gold certificates were being moved out of the country and all these these they, there was like this thing where um like they they had this exchange rate which like didn't make sense like well, peter, um, like the normal peter, exchange rate between huh peter let's hold that thought real quick i just want to get um I want to get Dana and Tom and Six's thoughts on what you were oh. just talking about, if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Oh, I also want to say that John Jeffries, he, he's trying to get back into the stream, but he's having uh, connection issues. But uh, yeah, Dana and Tom uh, and Harlan, uh, just uh, what, just uh, tell I'm us let what Dana go first because she has to take off here soon. So. Oh, is that in the private chat? Yes, sir. Well, that's, yeah, the stuff with McCarthy is so complicated. And the House on Un-American Activities, like, there's so many different angles to look at with that. Because there was so much stuff going on. Because I was specifically kind of researching that in regards to what was going on with, like, Jack Parsons and Frank Molina (laughs) and the uh, Suicide Squad at Caltech. Well, Dana, um, so that was more was, Dana. Was yeah. there any kind of connection with Aquino and um, McCarthy at all? I don't know what. Like I've never thought about that until this moment. But have you come across that at all? Um, I haven't particularly. I mean, as far as like that time frame, you know, I made the tie of uh, Frank Molina. His son yeah. Roger ends up marrying Gisling Maxwell's sister, which is super sus. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that they wow. murdered Jack Parsons because he was moving. He was trying to go to Israel. Uh, I'm I'm convinced that that's why they murdered him because literally, um, when you look into uh, Anton Levay, the uh, official autobiography that has you know was approved and written by his wife. Uh, It specifically states that uh, obviously he had underworld ties uh, through his uncle, but uh, he also was very deep with uh, the Haganah and other Israeli extremist groups. And there was a lawsuit, a FOIA lawsuit that was filed, and it was in regards to what Jack Parsons was working on with Frank Molina at Aerojet. Um, So during the Bay of Pigs, they had a bunch of stuff down there in Cuba that they sent off to the Haganah, which is, you know, completely insane to me, but not surprising. Um, so I think that that is just wow. another cover up. And Roy Cohn specifically, I mean, you know, he's involved with Donald Parsons Trump was and blown up, I think, wasn't he? He was blown up, but I think that he was murdered straight up. I think yeah. that he was taken out. JPL, yeah, yeah, Jet Propulsion Laboratory, yeah, and then he had the Aerojet stock company with uh, Frank Molina, who literally uh, ran away to work at UNESCO, uh, which with Julian Huxley, I'm just like, okay, whatever, this is completely, this is a clown show. Um, So, I mean, there's a lot of people that wanted him dead, but I do think that the Anton LaVey Haganah ties specifically, and the Bay of Pigs, because I sort of have like a sneaking suspicion that that was really the reason maybe for the Bay of Pigs, because that seems to be a common thread as far as, you know, nuclear secrets. Right. Right. Um, And like I said, I mean, Roy Cohn, that ties into Epstein and Trump and that all ties into Iran Contra, you know, so. Well, Dana, let me let me ask you this. Uh, What are you currently working on that you can tell everyone about? 
And how can people support your your efforts and your research? Because um, I know you got to go. Um, how can people contact you if you want to be contacted? Um, so I am working on right now. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that it was going to be a massive uh, debunking campaign, but it is what it is. Um, I am explaining to everybody factually, and I've barely scratched the surface, that the Process Church of the Final Judgment is an intelligence operation, British intelligence, specifically MI5, um, and obviously CIA ties here. Um, and I have confirmed through court records that they were in contact with Charles Manson. They were being protected by the Vatican. I also have that in court records. Um Wow. They were literally being protected by so many people, and they also now have ties to Iran Contra as well through uh, Ira Reiner. This wow. is getting into like sat oh my God. satanic panic time. Yeah, Iran it's a lot. It's really is, a, oh my God! Iran Contra ties into nine eleven with all, all, all it's, over It's very very overwhelming. Wow. Like every like I'm reading through these court records, and I'm just like, but it was that book, that Ed Sanders book, The Family, that yeah, yeah. they sued to get that chapter taken out about the process. It's right. because he was right. He was right. It's literally seven pages out of that book, but it is so damning. And those court records, it's like 400 pages long in the UK because they lost in the UK. But literally, there was a priest that was still tied to the Vatican. And I'm pretty sure that when he was doing his training in Rome, the process was also in Rome at that time. Yeah. Um, but he helped them clean up their image. Uh, it's, it's just completely insane to me. Um, and I've also already, which... I haven't given people details yet, but I've also made connections directly to the son of Sam as well. And all of these tie right. into the church of Scientology. So we've got Scientology, Iran Contra, Satanic Panic, the process, uh, the Vatican. It's just, uh, but I'm tired of like the conspiracy around it. But the way that I started it was I had a suspicion that I think L. Ron Hubbard was Michael Aquino's father. And that is getting stronger yeah. and stronger by the day. I that is really starting to uh, hone in. So that's where it all began. And if you guys want to watch, um, I am on YouTube, Rotting Jewels. Um, I don't really use my Instagram anymore because these streams are really long. Because I'm literally just like showing people legal documents. Um, yeah. But my Instagram is the same username, and then on Twitter, I am Dana Duda. So. All right, Dana. Well, uh, I'm glad that you uh, were able to uh, join us tonight uh, for my little... Thank you for having me. It was little, so nice to see you. My little last-minute thing here. Um, Bye, guys. Bye, Tom. Good night. So good to see you. Nice good meeting night. you, Peter. Bye. Nice to meet you, Dana. Take care. All right, Mr. Six. How you doing? You want to... Uh, you want to uh, give us some, uh, some of your thoughts right now? <laughs> So I apologize that I missed uh, most of the conversation this evening. I was uh, doing other things, but I'm glad that I got to jump in to be with you all. I wanted to ask Dana before she left if she'd oh. ever heard of this deal called Maximus, but perhaps another time. Um, but also, I, I was going to say that uh, I came up with something that I thought was kind of cheeky and funny the other day on one of Tiger's chats with uh, CIA as cults in America. And how much of like the cult and cult-like entities has our intelligence agencies interacted with in the past? Like, what are the ties there? Like, she brought up a lot of really interesting things there, and threw out a lot of names where I would I would probably need a good primer on 
each and every one of those things to kind of catch me up to speed. So well, I, I wouldn't know how to summarize Give us a primer so. on Maximus because I've never heard of this in my whole life. So this is a story that I saw from a fellow researcher on X um, and watched one of the, uh, his videos on Rumble, an interview about it, where Maximus is the company that basically makes its money off of the um, CPS and child protective, like child protective services oh. traits. So okay. like the comp the companies that supply all like the, the, the goods and do all the contracts, like Maximus is like an intelligence cutout company essentially that does all this. Are they and, related uh, to Permindex? Do you know? Um that I don't know, but let me do this. Let me uh send you in the private chat the um like the little article. The case, and that connects it. right back to the JFK assassination. That's why I asked that. that oh, damn. Okay. Well, it, it wouldn't be shocking if there was, you know, things. Does this ring a bell, Peter? What's that? Maximus and Permindex. I've never heard of it. Uh, oh. Gentlemen, I, I have to bail. I, I just got home. I got to unload my car. But um, great chatting with you. Hey, Peter, in about an hour, can we uh, chat on Facebook for uh, for like a, like a couple minutes? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. All right. Have a good night. Talk to Take you care, everyone. Take it easy, Peter. Always good seeing you, brother. Thanks a lot. Take care. See? That was my good friend, Peter Sikosh, uh, research extraordinaire and editor of multiple Donald Jeffries books. And John Jeffries uh, told me that he's had some connection issues and to tell, wish everybody the best. So. All right, that article is in chat now, Chris. Okay, um, yeah, I see it. Yeah, it, it gives you like a brief thing, and then I'm sure you could just take the name and do what Maximus. you do from there. Maximus. Okay. Oh, oh, before I forget, yeah. let me find that video and send it to you too. Uh, so you, you guys know I'm a big wrestling nerd and everything like that. Love that yeah. kind of shit. Um, <laughs> guess what just came out recently? Antonio Roca, like the old school like wrestler that wrestled barefoot and stuff, was big in like the WWF, like Vince Senior's whole league and everything. Yeah. It just came out that he worked with the CIA. And like even like mainstream channels like Jim Cornette, who's like a radical well, Democrat, like even like admits it. And it's so weird because like I'm just like I use wrestling to sort of wind my brain down at the end of the evening. And yep. I'm like, you motherfuckers, <laughs> you can't keep your shit out of my shit for like two seconds. Like every Double other day. Motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, I, I bet you Cornette would get down to the Orange Jesus gimmick because he fucking hates Trump. Like there's no doubt that man hates Trump. Yeah. WWE Hall of Famer. Trump Absolutely. <laughs> right, Tom? I, I believe me, me and Cornette could get along just fine as long as we didn't go talking about guns or anything. No doubt, dude. And, uh, I mean, he still doesn't, like, he he will shit on Glenn Jacobs's like, views at times, which, hey, whatever you want to do. But he still, like, respect. he still respects, like, most of the people that he worked with that, like, did good work with him in the past, so. Like, I can't hate I, on Cornette. Glenn's the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. Fuck Jim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck him the Louisville, too. You know, Knoxville sucks bad enough, but when you got some cocksucker in Louisville talking about <laughs> Knox County, it's a different story. 
<laughs> well, you have the genuine Tennessee experience. So, like, what 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 have they done with a place like Knox County, even like in so-called Republican territory, Harlan? Oh, you mean who? I mean, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. oh, you know, I didn't come up with that. You know, conservative con is in our name. You know, from nothing, I just didn't pull that out of the thin air. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, I mean, you saw it happen to your locality. You saw it happen into your own state before, you know, it was more of like in, in your face nationally, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, oh we may have lost them. We may have lost no, them. No, I'm, I'm right here, you know. Oh, I mean, like, like what context oh, are you talking about? Like more direct. Oh, no. Oh, no, because, like, when, when you brought up, like, Glenn Jacobs, like, I don't live in an area that Glenn Jacobs has any authority over. But, like, um, as far as, like, people like him or, like, anyone else that sort of espouses, like, the, yeah, <laughs> that espouses, like, the Trumpian or conservative types of things, like, has that done, has that done worse? Has that changed, like, those parts of Tennessee? Uh, you know, as far as what that I've seen out of, uh, out of Kane, uh, you know, he's probably definitely better than the last county mayor they had. Uh, he's okay. actually the county mayor. He's not the city mayor. Okay. And a lot of the um, the county mayors, I think it's got to do with the county they're in, but they're actually more or less, you know, mayor in name only. Um, you know, that's the way it is, you know, they're in my county. You know, they can veto, you know, a resolution. You know, there's a few things they can do, but... You know, overall, it's not like what a lot of people think that, you know, the, you know, the mayor's got the direct, um, how would you say, the privilege that you're serving at his pleasure or something, you know, something along them lines. That's what a lot of people think. But, you know, uh, just what that I've seen of him, it looks like to me he's done a pretty good job. I mean, he's communicated, you know, with the people. I mean, he is on the Orange Jesus, you know, bandwagon. <laughs> He took a picture with him, you know, a while back. But uh, and a few people that, that <laughs> and Absolutely. a few people that, that I know that that you know personally knows uh, Glenn, you know, says he's a real good guy. And I, and I hope he actually runs for governor the next time because nobody can suck any worse than the last two that we've had. You know. Well, that's always a good field to be playing in, you know. You can't. <laughs> yeah. He fit, um, uh, you know, something else I'm going to throw in here. Sorry, I apologize. He, <laughs> uh, he, um, he fit a lot, you know, on the lockdowns, and, you know, he wasn't as big on the mass stuff, and, you know, he, he kind of fit the uh, board education. So he was more out there than what a lot of, uh, you know, mayors was. They was only like 30-some counties, you know, in Tennessee that, you know, about a third of them that had some form of mass mandate. Um, and some of that, from what I could gather, was just like actually at the government buildings. It wasn't like everywhere that you went. Um, yeah. I believe I've told Chris this story before, um, and, and Tom... I was in California, and I was showing them pictures, which this story I'm talking about was actually over in Kentucky across the state line from me. Um, 
you know, they had signs up saying one person per household to go into the grocery stores. And we're sitting there laughing about it because they kept saying, oh, I don't believe that, you know, Kentucky this and Red State. And I said, no, man. I said, that's just, you know, that's all bullshit. I said, you know, is it better, you know, there than it is here? I said, overall, yeah. I said, but, you know, there is no flag waving, you know, like world champion constitutional, you know, five-year-olds carrying a 30-06, you know, in the head start, you know, uh, free speech utopia. I mean, gold raining from the sky. I said, none of these states. And as as Tom, you know, would know, I've never asked him if he's ever been off the West Coast much. You know, the West Coast, especially California, which Oregon and Washington, you know, both, you know, included with California, they're kind of like different countries, you know, kind of like own within themselves. You know, the differences between, you know, a Tennessee, Kentucky, Virginia, and say like, you know, New York, well, it's, it's kind of, you know, a lot of like, you've just got some more diversity and you got more ISOs and you got more Karens and the level of, of, you know, the, the Karenism is higher and there's more laws, but you know, it's not worlds apart. You know what I'm saying? I can't hear. I got to back out. Damn it. But you know, and it's just like where that, you know, Franco's from. There's not a world of difference between Michigan and Tennessee. Yeah. But there is a big world of difference between Tennessee and California. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. I've been to Tennessee. I've been to California. Well, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, you know what? And, you I know, I've been in, you know, California a lot. You know, I mean, ser- yeah. several years I've been in California more every week than what I was in Tennessee. Yeah, I ha- I drove through Tennessee, beautiful, beautiful state to get to California, actually. And yeah. uh, California is a shit show right now. Yeah. Tennessee is gorgeous. I got to visit uh, Pigeon Forge for uh, like a day trip, basically, and uh, really had a blast on there. Pigeon Forge is like a like a resort and uh, vacation type area. So okay. there's all kinds of like crazy stuff to do along this one street. So you got like tons of arcades, like miniature golf places, uh, yeah. stuff where you could do like go karts. Dollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dolly, you got Dollywood, you know. Do- Dolly's big fake tits, matter, baby. Man, yeah. Oh, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Big fake tits video. matter. That's what matters. Oh, <laughs> they don't matter as much, you know, after she went to justify and all these fools out burning them towns down, you know. Yeah, well, I, I think Dolly was all about the shot, too. I had a friend tell me, like, joking around. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. let me go get mine because Dolly told me. Right. Now, are they going to do the same thing about this shot in October? They're talking about lockdowns? I mean that I don't know, man. Uh, I'm I'm tough with predictions. Like it's, you never know what kind of fucking evil shit these fuckers are going to try and do these days. I mean, I, I think that that would um, that, that could definitely throw a wrench into into things like going forward, though, because I, I think that now there might be a lot more people willing to mobilize uh, in in protest. That's just how I feel about it. I think that's what they want. Well, what does Franco think? 
Oh, I'd like to ask him a question when he gets in here. Yeah, Franco, what do you think about this uh, possible uh, lockdowns again in October with a COVID uh, vaccine involved? Good evening, one and all. Um, I, I, I don't. I'm not buying that, man, because I watch the markets and I'm watching the economy. Yeah. And they're gonna they're gonna let us go through this retail season. They can't do that. Yeah, that's what I they thought. They can't. There's yeah, no I way that's happen. It's kind of pumped up. I want to ask everybody's question, and and I'll shut up. Me personally, as of right now, you know, I think this is just you know little trial balloons, and I think a lot of people in the alt media and the double alt media and on the right, they're just pumping these lockdowns to get views. They're blowing Does smoke anybody up else getting now. that feeling? And I'm not saying that they couldn't come back out with some crazy stuff, but am I am I like too far off base? Go Are ahead. we talking about some shuriken throwing motherfucker right now? Are we talking about somebody <laughs> that's just like saying, "Hi y'all, let me throw this ninja thing oh, out." You're gonna collapse in two weeks and you're all gonna die. Well, hurry up and buy my video. Uh, yeah, that guy. Send Trump money. <laughs> We ain't done it this time, Trump said. Orange Trump Jesus, <laughs> he's not going to shit in their face this time around, folks. No. Don't shit no. where he eat, Trumpy Dumpy. <laughs> if you guys really want to war game this with our big boy pants on and not trying to get clicks and like sell everybody and tell them what they want to hear and yeah, their perspective, yeah. I, there's a possibility, see, something's going to be happening here soon. In right. 2024, I'm not sure which, which month. But China is going to start buying oil with their gold or their own money from OPEC. Now, right. what is that going to do to our inflation? You got to realize, well, well why, why am I saying that? Think about this. Do you know how much oil China uses? A ton. And they got to buy it all in American dollars. When those American dollars disappear from the market, they're going to reappropriate themselves somewhere. Where are they going to come? They're going to come here. And what's Sorry. that going to do to the strength of our dollar? It's going to go down. Saudi Arabia is only going to work with China now, right? Well, they're they're, they're still going to sell us oil, but they're they're the the whole fact that dude that our dollar hasn't collapsed is based on the fact that it's the petrodollar, and you gotta we protect them, and they you know you got to buy oil from South from OPEC in our dollar. So you know that's the only thing that protects our economy and protects the value of our dollar right now. And even with that, you know they've printed it into oblivion to, to, to run the Leviathan government, so the garbage eaters can you know swim around in the garbage and be corrupt and have the chaos that they have. And, and so now, yeah, it's not worth anything anymore. And they're just trying to prop it up by messing with the interest rate. We know that's not going to happen, and buying it in bonds. That's that's the biggest way they're propping it up. Do you seeing it happening in October like it's projected right now? No, no, no. They're going to lock us down again, guys, when people are suffering from the inflation because right. they're going to have to have some way to control the chaos that's going to happen. That yeah. it's it's going to be chaos. I really feel our biggest threat right now is is and you see it, the crime in the inner city, the crime even not in the inner city is is up. Yeah. So I've got some numbers for tomorrow's report. Household median incomes, dude, are down compared to the rate of inflation. Wholesale inflation is up again, which means retail inflation is going to tick more. So yeah. it's just when people can't afford to buy shit, they're going to go crazy. Right. I think that's what they want. Yeah. And then they'll lock us down with some you know crazy virus. And what I'm worried about, and I want to get everybody's take on this, not to come in and ask questions, but. No, please do. I think. 
that this next one we need to be really careful in being so uh gallant about oh it's gonna be fake and not like watch out what the hell's going on because i think they're going to use something that's going to scare not only the public but even us what do you guys think 100 percent, dude i think i actually <clears throat> keep in mind peter and i peter Seacosh, uh, he was just on a, a little while ago we were the main uh, researchers for donald jeffrey's book masking the truth right I actually think I I have currently some form of COVID-19, which, which you go, oh, this is the asshole that was giving Donald Jeffries all of his talking points for his book. Whatever the hell COVID-19 is, I think it's a real thing, and it was released on purpose. That's the conspiracy tinfoil hat Sam Tripoli in me right now. That that I think that's right now I'm suffering from whatever the whatever the hell that was. I think I'm currently still suffering from because I have some respiratory shit going on and I have not been smoking as much as I have in the past. Hundred percent, as as Sam Tripoli, Tom Cooper would attest to, as Sam Tripoli would say, a hundred percent over and over again. I think I have some version of whatever the hell COVID 20, 21, 22, whatever the hell it actually is, a bioweapon. I never got the vaccinations. I didn't trust it. But I have people around me that did get the vaccination. So when it comes to vaccine shedding, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I think I am suffering, <laughs> literally suffering because I almost drowned in my own phlegm. Not to get too graphic. Chris, at this point, we're probably all vaccinated with the mRNA. With the aerosol. Keep aerosol going. What were you saying about drowning in phlegm? I was almost finished. <laughs> I uh, cashed in cans earlier at the local stop and shop. And I couldn't even walk back to my car without feeling like I was drowning in my own mucus in my lungs. So I'm clearly suffering from something, and they won't give me an actual answer. They give me um, diuretics to get the fluid out of my body, but I think COVID-19, there was something to it. I think the vaccinations are also bioweapons. I can't prove it, but I think the actual initial uh, disease was a bioweapon. Me and Tom have talked about that quite a bit. Well, think about it, gentlemen. Uh, yeah. Do you think they're going to put out a sickness? Uh, they know that some people aren't going to take vaccine. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So why would they put out something that like people like us, it's not going to, it's not going to do anything to us after, after we're done being sick or whatever. Well, Tom, I, I want to put this out too. If there's any doctors out there that maybe can answer this question. I honestly feel like I've had a series of strokes in the last two weeks. My left hand, I drop things like my cell phone and other objects. I, I have to concentrate very hard. I have to concentrate on being able to lock on to certain things now. So if someone that has any kind of medical expertise maybe can answer that for me. Uh, you just had somebody on by the name of Dana. 
Right, but she's not on with us anymore. No, she may not be a doctor, but she probably knows homo. She, you know what I mean? She could probably give you a, I'll a diagnosis her, yeah. on your... You're right, you're right, yeah. you're right. But I feel like I, I feel like there was some kind of... Um, some kind of cut off with my brain, to be honest, because certain like simple things are now... You know, what do they call it? The COVID fog, Franco and Tom? Yeah. Said, yeah, COVID fog, yep. I can't remember certain things now, and it's it's disheartening. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. I've like, been that life for a couple years. Yeah. Well, yeah, it goes back. At, yeah. Six, what about you, dude? You Have you, okay, since 2000 and since this shit started, yeah. have you felt any different, bro? You're, you know, I'm just, I'm curious because I, I know I have, and I know I've talked to these other three gentlemen about, but I haven't asked you this. Yeah. So felt different, like as in physically. Yeah. Any kind of symptoms. Or mentally, mentally, like me. Um, so I went, I went on my wellness uh, and sobriety. Well, at least California sober. You know what I'm saying? Um, back in 2020, because like I was so fucking miserable, drinking myself and eating myself to death that I had to do something different because I just didn't want to go out that way. Like I saw plenty of my uh, friends do that to themselves. And I saw my parents and my parents' friends do that to themselves. And I just didn't want to go out like that. So I I started working out every day and doing hot yoga and walking. And I lost like 40 pounds uh, in 2020. Now I got really sick in late 2019 though, when I was heavier. And it beat the shit out of me. And it only beat the shit out of me for like 48 hours. But I was so ill. I that, was COVID. Uh, that, oh, yeah. I, I mean, it was it was uh, late October um, of 2019. So it falls right in like the, the, the appropriate time frame, right? And I had just done some traveling and got back from it. And traveling always has an effect on people's immune systems. I mean, I've traveled and gotten colds because it's just like you leave in great shape, but then you spend time with other people traveling around. The jet lag we hear about. The the change in the altitude and the temperature also, you know, big swings. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I even get deals like traveling. Like, I I don't know if you ever had this, Harlan, where you travel different like altitudes and your feet will swell or something. Like I've yeah, had like the swelling deals yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it's, I, I'm it's in weird. Denver right now. Yep. Yep. Oh, that'll get you dude. Like that altitude, if you're not used to it, it could whoop your ass. Like oh, yeah. I've been up to the continental divide, like up that, that high and just walking up a small hill. I'm sucking wind. Now it's I most, mean, it's the cleanest air on the planet though. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but you're not you're not going to go to running no fucking marathon, especially if you're not used to it and you're not in great right. shape. I tell you that. Right yeah, now. there's there's less oxygen there, so you have clean air, but you don't get as much real oxygen in your system. So even but walking get, up like they get small trails more than we do than any other place because Colorado is considered the most healthy state in the United States. I just came wow. back from there, dude. They chemtrail the hell out of that place every day, dude. Every day. I've noticed more difference in the last uh, few years, which I'm out here just about every week. But I've noticed more in the last few years than I ever did. When, when I first started driving, I had, you know, somebody tell me, I said, well, you'll have to quit smoking. I said, because you get up in that high altitude, you won't be able to breathe. 
And when I got out of here, I was like, what? But um, I think I've got some after effects, you know, kind of like what Chris is saying, because I, I yeah. believe I've had it, you know, a couple of times, you know, myself, even, uh, you know, different kinds of it because I felt different ways. But far as, you know, like the respiratory system stuff, I've not really got that. It's just the feeling bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like once you, you know, you get to the bathroom a couple good times, it's just like you just go to feeling a lot better. And, you know what's um, bizarre is that I'm, I'm hearing all these different symptoms. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, my, I'll, I'll tell you what. I, 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 I made the diet change six and the working out and the, the staying physically challenge myself for a long time. I, and I'm very funny. I take a lot of nutraceuticals. I have been for like 10 years. And I did get sick in in late 2019, I believe it was. It was in like October or, October or November. Me and, me and Mama Tiger got sick, like bad for a couple of days. But I had remnants like forever, right? It's yeah. phlegm, like what you're talking about. But now and I have not had a respiratory illness since then. That That's the crazy thing. And now... And I used to get sick once once a year, and I don't get sick at all. No 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 stomach flu, no kind of flu, no kind of sickness at all. But the brain fog, waking yeah. up and feeling like crap. I go to bed at 10, 30, 11 o'clock, the latest. I wake up, you know, sometimes between six and seven thirty. I feel like I've been partying all night, you yeah. know. And my my heart. There's certain times I get these heart palpitations. I never had any of that before. And we're around all these vaccinated people or, you know, like like Tom says so succinctly and simply, we all have it. It's in us all. I, I, I believe that. I can't prove it, but I do believe it. Well, I mean, they, they if they're talking about putting it in the food and in the media, dude, they're probably already doing it. And those bastards just dumped mosquitoes here in Michigan. I don't yeah. give a rat's ass. What any? Oh, it's a, it's a really bad hatching. No, dude, we had rain like this. It's not a hatching, dude. This is unnatural. You can't. I can't walk outside the door right now. Yeah. Forget it. If I bring Bouncer out, he's coming back a skeleton dog. If I if I let him, you know, hmm. stay out there for more than twenty seconds. Right. I had a listener uh, tell me about the invasion of spotted lantern flies in certain areas too. Those little bastards. They'll wipe out crops and everything. They're a plague. Yeah. Well, six, six, let's keep this in mind. The after effects is heart damage, lung damage, other organ damage, right? From what they, whether you- Oh, yes. And I was about to say, like talking about origin stories, like we we talked to um, John, uh, you know how to say his name, but Baldwin, 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 there we go. Um, We talked to John Baldwin and when Bray Wyatt, uh, Wyndham Rotunda from WWE passed away, like of a heart attack at 36 after yeah. getting, after claiming that he got COVID and got sick and was getting better and about, about <laughs> to return to, to wrestling. Yeah. Um, I asked, I asked uh, John Baldwin, like what, or Baldwin, sorry. Um, I constantly fuck his name up. Yeah, Joe, but, John Baldwin, you got it right, dude. Don't yeah. But I, I asked him, uh, does the shot give uh more of the heart attacks than like just getting the virus and he said well both because they're the same thing like you guys are correct the spike protein is the same regardless of the delivery system and speaking of which since uh we've brought up chemtrails and other similar things 
here's an idea that I've tossed around for a while and I've talked about it, but I mean, it's still not something that I would, I would say is a hundred percent the way it went down, but think of it this way. I read documents early on in the podcast uh, yeah. from that were released by Project Veritas that talked about um, the U.S. working in China on a recombinant bat vaccine. Yes. Now, a recombinant bat vaccine means that they're spraying something into the air that's a vaccine. Right. Now, right. if the spike protein is the same thing, regardless of delivery system, meaning if you shoot it into you or if you breathe it in, uh, Bodwin talked about that if you shoot it in, it's, it's entering through a different system. And therefore, that's where it's crossing the blood-brain barrier. That's when it's getting into the lungs. That's what it's causing all the, the ischemic strokes and like all the other nastiness that we hear about, the bleeding, all the, all the other type of stuff associated with like your heart and brain uh, that we've seen as side effects. But the bioweapon itself that's available to breathe in... Um, if it is the same makeup, right? Because I don't know if you guys had heard that whenever they developed the mRNA injections, they simply got a code that was sent to them from a Chinese lab, that that's the basis of what this is. They didn't capture something in the wild, put it in a Petri dish, stir some shit around and then come up with this. They already had a computer code within days afterwards. So now that means that um, that's a high likelihood that, well, where did they get the blueprint from, right? <laughs> um, and how long have they had said blueprint? But also that means that it's very well likely that what we experienced was something that was a weapon that was distributed and could have easily been distributed and aerosolized and put into multiple places, even places that they, they, they funnel us through, like airports, Walmarts my mother, and other various places mother, that were all open during those my times. My mother, I swear, my mother had COVID, and that was basically just her going to play bingo at Foxwoods in Connecticut. And that was uh, in the fall of 2019. I think that, you know, they were spraying it all in strategic locations like New York City, California, Whoa. Italy, China. You guys remember there was a, a bunch of cases of people, they were saying that the the pins that they were smoking on were crystallizing their lungs. Yes. Yep. Uh, yes. That, was, that had well, right that was the, all bullshit. That was yeah. COVID. Right That's before the was. lockdown. Right before the lockdowns of 2019, there was a whole it seemed like it was an epidemic of the um the vaping things that were blowing up in people's faces and shit. Do you remember that? And now they're working on oral vaccines where you breathe in the vaccine. Yeah. They're right. saying that that's the best delivery method. I wonder why, you know, like yeah. if you look at this as like a test oh, of what they yeah. can do, they already have Fauci on, on record saying, well, here's what we need to do to get everyone to take a flu shot. Oh, we yeah. just convince them that they have to take it every year because of the risk and, and you, sell the risks to the companies. Yeah. So they're no, they're going to know why I can't walk. I want, I can't walk 10 feet without getting winded now. They're going to normalize those that because I was just doing some research on some antibiotics for a different deal. And yeah. I'll tell you what, all that's all they're talking about is, is the oral uh, misting of all these medicines. Now they've got, they've already got the antibiotics broken down into the milligrams and everything else for the sprayers and everything. I, I got, when I was researching, I couldn't believe what I was coming across. I, I was kind of excited to tell somebody about Franco, it. Franco, weren't they even talking about, uh, Spread, uh, spreading it through 
mosquitoes as well? Well, that that's highly possible, dude. Yeah, I mean, mosquitoes. Yeah, but that's is a great on way. the planning board. That's actually in the planning stages. And that also means, in this case, right, that if they can cure you with something that's the same thing as the thing that makes you sick, then they can also weaponize it and make yeah. you sick. And they'll normalize this shit for all the people. That's the problem. You see, if you watch what they do, dude, it's a, the slow boil, right? I mean, I'm just putting it simply. You know, it's the slow boil, and yeah. the, and and those who don't comply, they go to the BF Skinner method, right? They, you know, they they'll they'll go that route, or they get fucking tortured because I've been tortured for weeks now, and I'm I I seriously conspiracy shit thrown on the ground. I think. Whatever I'm dealing with right now is not natural. Because I wasn't that out of shape. Like, I, like, I'm a big guy, but I wasn't that out of shape before all this shit. I don't no, mean dude, to I, cut you off. No, no, I'm saying respiratory is rough, man. There's nothing yeah. like like uh, doing hard, intense cardio. Like, I'm not I'm built for comfort, not for speed. So I'm not like our goldsmith where I'm running ultra marathons or anything here. But um, like that type of drowning feeling, like I remember UFC legend Frank Mir talking about it. He yeah. said that, that there's nothing like the cardio drowning feeling in training, like just because you're hopeless. Like when you can't breathe, you flail, you're hopeless. You, wake you're, up at two your brain takes six. over. Six, I wake yeah. up at two in the morning and I'm drowning in phlegm. Have you ever I'm done a sleep kidding. study um, on, on sleep year, apnea too? A couple of years ago I did, yeah. I mean, okay. that, this is going back a few years. My insurance only covers certain things. I had the mask and everything. The mask actually, <laughs> the, the funny, ironically funny part about that was that the, uh, what do they call it? The CPAP machine? Literally, yes. yeah. the cord went around my neck and was choking me when I was sleeping. So You were so, breech. Yeah, the thing I was supposed to be in charge of getting air to my uh, lungs and my brain was literally choking the fuck out of me. Science uh, is just not your friend. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And I'm scared, I'll be honest. So then when you hear me, like, say certain things or, or, you know, like when Charlie Robinson was on the live stream a couple weeks ago, I, I literally thought I was dying that day. So it makes you do things and say things that you wouldn't ordinarily, you know, say or do, you know, because you feel like you're literally getting killed. And I don't mean to be over, overly dramatic, but there's a lot of shit that's coming out saying that, oh, yeah, we're going to have a lockdown in October. How the fuck would they know October unless it was a planned thing? You know, well, all, the, all of these things are in contingency plans that have come from think tanks like what we're doing right now, just in the evil way, <laughs> where, where they come up with these different plans. They, they got booklets full of this stuff, just like you got scripts written down, Chris. You know, so, but that's what makes you brilliant at this, because you understand how a story works yeah, so that I'm you know that if something happens, what death. precedes that thing. Yeah, but I'm getting tortured to death. So, so yeah, and they're doing it to us all. I know what well, they did to people, dude. They put them on. Okay, so they're drowning, right? And then they put them on a machine and blow their lungs up. 
Yeah, they my, know, you know who we really need to be well, pissed Franco, at. Franco, they did that to my grandfather. They killed him. They put him on a yeah. ventilator. Where were the doctors? Where were? I'm a dirt ass body guy, and yeah. I took a stupid respiratory class from OSHA. You have to if you're going to paint cars, right? In, a, in, right. in, a, in a, any place that's worth a, a, a cat's ass. Yeah. So, you know. Where were the doctors who know that this mask, this deadly disease is out there? And they believed it. I mean, I'm not thinking that you can't say all the doctors were in on it. They they believe there's this deadly disease. But and there they're was listening money to the CDC. There's a financial incentive. To, to wear a mask on. That's like a fireman telling a guy to go into a building with a suit that's made out of paper mache and says, you're going to be okay, don't worry. Why do you think that someone like me fears going to the ER? We feel like we're going to get murdered and get someone's going to make money off of it. That's a real thing. I feel like I'm yeah, going to get murdered if I try to get help. And you know what that feeling, that feeling I can't describe to anybody, the helplessness. You can't go get help because you feel like you're going to get murdered. It's all a money thing. It sounds much worse than the prostate exam, too. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I don't mean to be over overly dramatic, but you feel like going to the ER is going to be the worst option? There's something wrong here. Well, we've definitely got to a breaking point with our system now and people's faith in it because so many people like failed the Milgram experiment. Yeah. And that goes in like what, what Franco was talking about with the, the doctors, right? Like <clears throat> so many doctors, yeah. if you're a new doctor, like I've talked to some like young guys that are just getting into that field and they tell me that they're getting out of school and they're paying thousands in school bills. Okay. They're also working like the shittiest position you could possibly get. So like you're the you're the bitch. Like you're the one that runs around and has to take care of all the bleeds that probably aren't going to make it. And they're just going to be like, well, yeah, well, if we get sued, it's you. Um, right. And then like you also, if you live in and around a major city, you're probably working for the one or two hospital systems in your area because that's what our government likes to allow us monopolization, you know, the conglomerization. As you talk about Tiger on your show, you know, they do that with major medical systems. So if you're blacklisted out of the one major medical system or two, uh, if you have that kind of choice in your city, um, you're pretty much out of a career that you just spent a small fortune on just to attain, let alone the eight years of your precious time that you spent or more uh, into that field. So I could see like when you talk about the financial incentive, I look at somebody looking at their their. Uh, $500,000 or above mortgage, um, their brand new Beamer or something like that, um, looking at their wife and kids and then looking at me and going, yeah, Wagey, put on your fucking mask so I can cash my check. And that's just that exactly. the breaks with our system. Yeah, and that's <laughs> what got all this going too. That goes back to, th th that enrages me because then they're not qualified to be a doctor. Then their moral compass is gone. Right? I mean, come on, man. We are men I'm of morality, I'm not, not of utility. Either. Yeah, yeah. We are men of morality, not utility. So someone that looks at something as to what they can just get out of it, like what's utilitarian, like what, what can I actually just gain from this exchange? All of us sitting on this panel, 
we're not those people, but we have to acknowledge that there are people like that. And, and that's a dark part of humanity there's, that there's we must more, address. I guess there's more than not, dude. There's look, I'm with Chris. I, I understand. I don't empathize on the level of, of that. I could, because I am not in the, the position he's in physically, but I'll tell you what, I wasn't, I, I felt funny yesterday. I, I got, I had a dizzy spell, almost blacked out while I was on when me and Chris were doing a show yesterday. I didn't feel good today. Ten years ago, I probably would have went either to the doctor yeah. or, or, or to the hospital because I didn't feel right today when I woke up. But now I'm scared to death to go there because they're incompetent. I no longer trust them at all. If I break a bone or I have a heart attack, that's about all I can trust them to do. And even while I'm there for that shit, they put all, dude, there's drugs they put in you immediately when you get in there. That are not good for you. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but there's a couple of them. The nurse asks you, and you say, "Oh, we do this for everybody." No, I don't want that shit. You tell them. Yeah. You know, if they're admitting you and they're putting an IV in your arm and all that, so I'm scared to death. And we, you know, and we still then you find out they make money off of certain things and codes and shit. Why did you become a doctor, bro? What are you gonna do when you, you know, when they die? They're going to have a lot to answer for. I'm sorry. That, I'm just angry, man. It's just... Ugh. Well, that's where the morality part dead. comes I from. I know when I'm dead, no one's going to give a fuck, but it's not any more comforting when you're trying to seek out help. Shit's scary, man. Well, and I've listened to people talk about alternative uh, places to go for medicine that believe in medical freedom, but you know what that leads us to. Harlan's favorite guy because <laughs> then you get in when you get into this crazy debate now and you see all the people on the quote-unquote right and the yeah. doctors that did stand up who are they backing on the next election guys <laughs> who what are they what are they what are they cheering for as far as our system to solve all this problem I hate politics so much well that's what ruined it I mean that's what ruined medicine like the government being involved in medicine, the same as education or the same as anything else it's stuck its crooked pinky into, uh, regardless if you asked it to or not, um, it, it just it just ruins shit. And now that we were told like back in the Obama days that the medical system was like one sixth of the economy, I think it's even greater than that now. What was it? Something like the top 100 Fortune 500 companies or something like that, like out of the top 100 like yeah. the three biggest pharmaceutical companies made more fucking money than all of the other companies on the list. Like it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like not just like, I'm not even talking about like the Wu Tang record guy. Remember that guy where he bought the Wu Tang record, Martin Scarelli. Yeah. Like, but we, we got guys that are friends with that guy, right? Running for president. All right. <laughs> like if I'm not mistaken, you know, maybe I'm getting my facts wrong about Vivek Ramaswamy right. or something like that, right. but. You know, I, I, I'm thinking to myself, like everyone in the system still that believes in the system and Tom, this is where you come in pretty heavily, right? Anyone that's still waiting around for this fucking system to solve these problems, they might as well stick two thumbs in their ass, shouldn't they, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> You're muted, Tom. You might as well just fist yourself. <laughs> I did that last Thanksgiving. <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> Four fingers and a thumb. If that means what I think Four it means, oh my God. Because <laughs> that's I what they're doing it. to us. That's <laughs> what they're doing to us, right? You guys, well, if, I, if I we like want to fix throw something look, in here when Tom see, gets done. Here's the thing is uh, nobody, you know, we should be going after the AMA, 
the medical. Yeah. That's who's teaching all these doctors to be the way they are. You can thank the Rockefellers for all this medical screwiness that's going on. Why don't we go after these people? I don't know. So, the, the American people do. We haven't. We're, we. It's coming though, AT. You know it's coming financially, right? Yeah. The yeah. problem with that, Tom, is that I think that they've been so degraded with the physical, spiritual, and dumbed down. I hate to use that word. They're just gonna kill each other. There's, there's us. That's a good possibility, but I would like to think that not everybody's going to do that. There are going to be some sane, somewhat sane people that are going to be like, dude, I don't have any dinner on my table. What's the problem? And start trying to figure shit out. Yeah, you know what I mean? Cans last night to have dinner. Like I was telling, like I said earlier, there's down the street. I've seen some couple by a car apartment complex. I don't know if they lived in the apartment complex, but. All their belongings were out on the street. The lady didn't look too happy, and the dude was over on the other side of the of the sidewalk. You know what I mean? Like, Tom, so I, I'm assuming did they, they got kicked children, out of their Tom? apartment. Tom, did they have children that you could tell? No, them? I didn't see any kids. Okay. So that that you know, I see more and more uh, motorhomes on on side streets by my house now <coughs> because people are living in them. Yeah, man, this this country. No, here's the here's the thing, man. Is we, we all we all bitch about the poor people, about welfare and I don't know, free this I'm and free that. Okay, I'm one of them. But here's the thing: <laughs> is we're gonna end up like them here real soon. I am one of them, Tom. I know. Uh, well, Do you all I, remember I'm, when They Live used to be a movie? <laughs> yeah, it used to be. 1988, John Carpenter, great film. It's coming. You know what I mean? I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Bubble <laughs> <laughs> well, <I'm laughs> uh, when people are hungry, they're going to do desperate things. You know, what gets me about this, uh, and I'm going to try to be this as nicely as possible. No, Harlan, take your time. But what, what really, you know, burns my ass up is like when a lot of this, you know, first got started, uh, a few people that, you know, that I know personally pretty good, you know, I, I told them up front, I said, you know, this thing started to take off. I said, I'm going to tell you right now. I said, you might think I'm crazy. I said, but, you know, these doctors, the majority of them is going to do whatever that a website tells them to do. Right. The nurses are going to do whatever yeah. that a website tells them to do. I said, they might be one or two here and there, but, you know, what we saw some. Here and there that, you know, would just, you know, completely, you know, rebuke it. And I'm sure, you know, God bless the ones that's, um, you know, lost their jobs and, you know, had financial problems, uh, you know, for not being a part of this. But when it comes right down to it, you know, there's so many things, you know, like the dancing nurses, you yeah. know, <laughs> things of that nature. And here again, I, I'm trying just not to go on, on a fucking tirade right here. But I told people, I said, I'm telling you right now, so that them people will sit right there and watch people knowing that they're, you know, basically just laying there dying. And then it turned into, you know, just where I just, just come right out and said, I said, you know, these people will sit right there and know that these people are getting killed with these protocols and this bullshit. And, you know, I know somebody that basically the, 
same thing that, you know, in uh, the fall of uh, 2021 that was going around, it got Don's brother. You know, it sounded real similar, just like a lot of stories. Killed my grandfather. Put him on the battle. And, and, you know, uh, here again, it's just one more log on the fire, you know, as far as Trump goes. Okay. He started all this. He kept it going. And he pushed it way past, you know, if he was suckered, if he was this, you know, he pushed it way past you know, the expiration date for any of that. Just like a lot of people did. And I think, me personally, I think that there was a COVID. You know, I do think that it, uh, you know, came from, you know, probably China. I mean, lab leak, I really don't believe that as much as, you know, intentional, you know, turned out. But you've got a lot of people... You know, whether if it's up high on a professional level or, you know, politics or government or whatever that's had a hand in this and benefited from it. And that's the reason why our politics is so polarized right now. Yeah. And it's just, it's beyond me. And, you know, I don't even know how to even say it without, you know, just getting super negative, but. How in the world can anybody believe that, you know, a lot of these pukes give a fuck about you, your family, or anybody else, what we've seen here in the last three years? Well, Harlan, I don't think anyone gives a fuck about me. And I'll just, you know, I'll just tell you what, it's just been my personal experience. Um, I kind of feel like, you know, what Chris does, I'm sitting here. I don't mean mean anyone here on the panel. I mean, officially, like officials, they don't give a fuck about scum, like poor people. But, you know. I think all the time, you know, I mean, I'm like, you know, I hope I don't have a heart attack or something other bad happens. Yeah. No, hell, you know, you don't know what that uh, you'd run into. And then see a lot of these hospitals too now, they've got a lot of power. You just can't get up and leave. And that used to be something that you could refuse treatment. Anybody that took a, a CPR class that if somebody says, no, leave me alone, you're supposed to leave them alone. Right. Yeah. And I mean, the way all the propaganda spun, it's, you know, well, it's your fault or, you know, whatever. I mean, bullshit. How about these people that's pumped their kids full of these vaccines and they're sitting over there and they're six, seven, eight years old with a heart disease? I mean, yeah. don't that just make you sick? Some of these posts that we've seen on social media, not as much in the last year or so. And, I mean, this ain't conspiracy. You know, I mean, I'm more of a just a recognizer of facts. But, you know, when, when you see some stupid fucking bitch, yeah. you know, on Twitter, or you see these memes or, you know, these screenshots, or that they're laying after their seven-year-old kid, <coughs> you know, Saying, well, it's still better than COVID. Well, what kind of shit is that? Yeah. I mean, just really, how can you put any kind of, you know, nicety or, you know, a smiley face on that? That's just bullshit. Harlan, you know, Harlan can you elaborate on that? Was that an actual post where? I've, woman- seen, I've seen several of them. You know, where people, you know, had the screenshots to where, you know, the mothers would say, well, this is still better, you know, than them getting COVID and we need to stop the spread and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sure you could probably Google it and find some of them. 
Okay. That's the kind of shit that turned me on more to anarchy, Harlan. Like, yeah. because I don't want to share a country with these fucking people. I don't either. No. Well, what gets me is, is I understand. It's, it's like a guy that I work with. He had colon cancer. When all this stuff was kicking off in 2020. And the doctor told him, he, he, you know, he said, what do you think about this vaccine? He said, well, I'll tell you this. This was when the first, you know, bad strain of, you know, kill your ass in two days COVID was going around. He said, if you get this, he said, it will kill you. He said, something may happen with this vaccine that you may have some side effects. He said, but if you get this, it will kill you. He said, I do know that for sure. And well, it rolls on a few years and guess what? Here the last three or four months, he's been out and go to the heart doctor. Guess what they told him about two weeks ago? They said, you know, this right here has been found out that this could be a, what's wrong with you could be a side effect of the vaccine. Yeah. Well, and they tell people you can still get myocarditis and stuff like that from COVID, but are, are you still getting it from COVID after getting the shots? And when I hey. asked the question to John uh, uh, Bowen, he said, yes, like they're, they're combining those numbers. So you could say that you can get it from COVID, but like, most of the people that get it from COVID also got their shots. So it increased probably, I'm just saying, probably uh, the likelihood that they're going to get a negative side effect like that because they got vaccinated. Oh, six, six. Uh, my primary care physician got fired because she told me not to get the, uh, get the jab. And That's she also one told one you to put your pants back on because that was the lobby. Ever- She's one of the only doctors I've ever fully trusted to them. They, they shit canned her. And she's oh. one out of how many that, you know, that was once they saw it. I can see a lot of people getting pulled into this stuff at yeah. first. But once they saw what was going on, hey, hey look, and you know, something that I love to always point out, these are the fucking professionals, and they will slang in your face at any time, trained professionals. They are the professional, you know. But as far as the myocarditis goes and all these other fucking carditis, you know, they had like four or five different ones of them. Yeah. Tony Arterburn said it at least 10 times in the last year, and I've heard him say it. Said yeah. you even heard of that before the last year and a half or so. No, because I think that they started saying that about COVID because they knew that was going to happen from the vaccines. Did you guys forget about the Deagle report? No, Deagle.com. Yeah, that's that's been in the back of my mind for a long time. Yeah. And 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 and, and maybe we're not seeing. Do you think maybe the vaccinations? Because it's Europe, it's America. Now I don't think China, I don't know how many Pfizer vaccines are running around in China or Moderna, and Russia has their own. Yeah. I know. Dude, I seen a thing yesterday. It's uh, was a doctor saying that 20 million people have died throughout the world from the oh, vaccine. It's even more than that, Tom. I I'm just telling you what he said, dude. So we'll we'll never know. No, that, there's of no all. way. <laughs> excuse me. There's no way to put a number on it. And I mean, here again. I'm not sitting here saying that Fauci was over there, you know, picking a phone up, you know, turn, you know, turn it loose. You know what I'm saying? But wh- where's anybody taking any responsibility out in China since it's all about China? 
you know, that's all Trump says, China virus, China virus. Has anybody- oh, we didn't need China to do any of it. Yeah, we didn't need China to do any of this. Like, in fact, well, China where do you is think a great they got fall guy because we'll never get any anything from it. I think that the U.S. has been developing this on our own long enough. Where oh, we absolutely. could we could take the tech we could take that tech and we could put it anywhere we could put it in Tom's fucking backyard right now. Well, well we the, we had we had biolabs in Ukraine. Yeah, the I remember story goes that it story. went from West Virginia, started in West Virginia. They said you can't do that here. I don't know who, whatever. I'm just giving you the the short story, the short way around the barn. They moved <laughs> their 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 thing over to you, uh, Wuhan. The stupid thing that they blamed on the the bio lab they blamed in in Wuhan was funded by the CDC, by the same people, the NIH, and the same people in the NIH who got their hands slapped for messing around with recombatant bat viruses over in West Virginia Tech or whatever it was. Does that sound familiar, guys? Funded by the American people. We fund all this stuff. But once you start getting people sucked into it, and you know a lot of these local governments sing grant money is exactly that's my opinion and that's kind of about the way you know it turned out and and then the ppe scams you know that there was websites to where you could go check and see who had loans forgiven but you couldn't see who got loans all together you know what i mean and i'm sure there's a lot of people got a thousand fifteen hundred 2,000, 2,500, even 10,000. But you've got some people, you know, these so-called my small companies, you know, so we don't hear anything about socialism anymore. You know, that was a big term about three years ago. But when, you know, you start giving out all this money to these, you know, crony capitalists and, you know, these chicken shit, you know, small businesses that's predicated on fucking and somebody. Public else. private partnerships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Public private partnerships. Socialism. It's okay. Yeah. 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 I'm a private company. You know, that's a different fucking story, you know? And it's that same scumbag. You know what I'm saying? It's that same cocksucker that you see on Facebook that's complaining, you know, because a case of lettuce went up at his sandwich shop. You know, like fifteen bucks, and his fucking sandwiches is doubled. You know what I'm saying? I mean, then he's wondering. It's like you owe them. You know. You know what I'm saying? It's like that. You. This is where I part with the libertarians too. I, I kind of consider myself a high side libertarian. But you've got some of these business owners. It's like you owe them. You know what I mean? That everybody's supposed to come in and just give them money and let them, you know, shit in their face and provide little to nothing. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, look, folks, I've been a small business owner. And, you know, the service I provided, if it didn't, you know, suit you, well, you know, get somebody else. But there is that little niche in society now. But see, all these people that's got all that money, these people that's got all these percent, percent and a half loans that they took out here, you know, and just crammed in the bank or blowed on something. See, that's the stuff you can't see on these websites. And see, here we are now, set in three years later, and see a lot of that money's been blowed, you know, pumped the bubble back up. And that's the reason why we're stuck where we're at. Yeah, the hey, invisible Harlan, hand's Harlan, not supposed to be Harlan. giving you a reach around Harlan. <laughs> Reach around is very pleasant with a candlelight dinner. No, I just want to say, uh, ET, I, I didn't mean to scare anybody, but I had a coughing fit a second ago. You all uh, right? 
I think so. You want to go ahead and call it a night? No, 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 no. Are your no, pants no, dry? No, no, that's not what I meant. Uh, I just I just wanted uh, Franco to know that. It, I appreciate it. And, uh, oh, dude, love you, I brother. mean, just anytime you need to go, you know, man. What, what no, no, no. I, I, believe me, right now I'm being tortured, and uh, I don't know by who. Not to get all conspiratorial, but this shit's fucking real, people. Um, so, Harlan, yeah, you just continue, dude. I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, that's just something that um, that I don't think's getting talked about much. Yeah, is you know just this, you know, lower levels, little things that you know where a lot of people got pulled into this, and I can see how a lot of good people did get pulled into it, especially when they had family members sick, they know somebody died. But when you zoom out a little bit and you kind of look at everything, especially once the uh, you know the initial you know, the super bad, you know, mainline COVID, a lot of this was just keeping the gimmick going right. and milking it for everything it's worth. And I think a lot of it had just to do with just, it was here again, it's just about the money. Well, yes, my, in my position, it's just weird because now it's like, oh, this is the asshole that was the researcher for the book, Masking the Truth. It's like, and now if I have, if I have an opinion that goes, if I have an opinion that is uh, very, you know, off center, I don't Chris, know you're I'm the trying. type of person where you have enough humility to admit that if you were wrong about something, that you were wrong, but you didn't make any grand declarations in researching Don's book in any sense, like that you have to own up to if you're sick. Like, All and I'm I, is that I feel like. I feel like my uh, respiratory system is being attacked. That's all. Yeah. Thank you, Six. I mean, no, no doubt. No doubt. But you know, I, I, know, I, I know you well enough, brother, that, you know, if there was something that you said that wasn't right, you would go back and correct it. And that's the thing yes. about, like, all of this, too. It's, it's hard for us because we only have so much access to information. And it seems like that that window closes even more, you know, day to day. But as far as, like, having access to even, like, uh, Tiger, you've talked about it a lot too. The ease of finding simple ways to build up one's immune system and, and to sort of build up your, your tolerance to this uh, and even fight some of the symptoms of this were so heavily censored and kept from people. And I know a lot of it was you know monetized by big names and influencers and yada, yada, yada. But even taking something like vitamin D or finding a natural source of them, like vitamin D and mushrooms, and making that a part of your diet and getting like whole foods and other things and real sunlight, maybe drinking some vitamin D milk if you could tolerate it or something that maybe, you know, if we had a better culture, whenever it came to our health, that it wouldn't have made us made us such an easy target for all of this damage that it's done. Right, Tiger? Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And I have been since I started podcasting and before looking for something that I feel comfortable bringing to people that saying, hey, this might negate some of the effects of the vaccine. But I have I mean, there's a lot of listen, I'm, I'm not like some some doctor or any of that shit, but I don't I'm not going to fall for anything. I'm not going to fall for some worm on a hook. And I haven't been able to 100 percent say, yeah, this stuff works. There's just not enough time yet to say, yeah, this might work. 
you know, they, they, they theorize, you know, pine needle, you know, I, I, there's so many different things that they say can negate the effects of the, the, the shedding of the vaccine or if you took the vaccine to help you out. I, you know, it's hard to find that stuff, first of all. And second of all, there's people even in our community and people offering alternative health medicine, and it's the same damn thing. They want money. They, they don't care about you, right? It's not like us, like this, this fine group of gentlemen here who have, you know, like you said, dude, our ethics are a little bit different. Maybe that makes us oddballs. I don't know. But, you know, I'm proud to be sitting here with you all. It sucks. It really does. And, and, we're, and back to the libertarian thing, we're living in Mussolini-style fascism. And then yes, fast sir. forward to right now, real quick. I want one more comment about the current situation. I, I I would tell people, only certain people, oh, there is no virus, to irritate them. Did I ever believe that? No. I would say that to some lefty or something just to irritate them. But this is the problem. When we run around in the alternative media because someone big or important says that, somebody who's got bigger view count than everybody else says, oh, there is no virus and you shouldn't pay attention to, you know, there is no virus. Well, there's something. What the fuck is doing that to him? Excuse my fucking French. What is, what the fuck did I catch? What the fuck killed all these fucking people? Nothing. Oh, there's no viruses. Well, no one's going to fucking listen to us if you keep saying viruses don't exist because it's not normal science, even if it's fucking true. Sorry. I'm watching That's my why we call well, here. What, what <laughs> said that I believe is where that they never did isolate the so-called whatever COVID nineteen is. You know what I'm saying? And I think that fed a lot of that. That is correct. Uh, it has to pass what's called Rivers Postulates, and it never passed Rivers Postulates. That can be looked up. As far as I know, it's never been verified. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And like, and, like anything man here. and like anything man-made, it's imperfect, right? So like as we are imperfect human beings, which is why we're having this conversation about what's wrong with our culture and society in general, but um, it, with, with making that virus, it's slightly off than a real virus, if you know what I'm saying. So then you get weird effects. Like with some people, it just like does nothing. Other people, it wrecks them. Uh, certain uh, ethnicities, certain uh, certain uh, types. So if you're heavy set versus slim, the way that it affects you. Uh, blood types. There's been all sorts of things floated how this affects different people. And I think that also that's why it, I, I still lean towards like a distribution model for how this was done. Because like with it, with an imperfect virus, with an imperfect model, it's not going to be able to generate and jump from person to person. Like that, like other viruses do in the wild, if there are actual wild viruses. <laughs> That's another topic. <laughs> and one more thing I want to throw in there is, you know, remember the the balloon gimmick we had back here several months ago, the China balloon. For all we know, they could have been dropping that shit out. UFOs. That balloon enraged me. Hey, hey, Chris, we got a comment in the uh, Rumble chat from Stephen94. First of all, yeah, he's praying for you. It hurts. Uh, lungs hurt right now. It hurts. He's, he says dextrometamorphin cough syrup, 30 milligrams. Yeah, I don't have money for that. I appreciate it, but it hurts. I, I appreciate whatever anyone is offering up. It hurts, though. So. Yeah. 
If I was smart, I would have uh, started a family a long time ago, and I'd be okay right now. So it's my own doing. But I'm telling you, this shit is real, whatever the fuck it is. Uh, I can't breathe. Chris, we should probably end this show, and then you should probably get a hold of Dana. He would, if she can, if she has any advice or something. No, let everyone, no, anyone else that wants to, <clears throat> anyone else that wants to keep talking, it's actually keeping my mind off of, literally, it's painful to breathe, Tom. Please. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any Vicks vapor rub, sir? Anything like that? Or if not, like, get yourself some steam, like, just to open up your, your Hot shower. And everything. Yeah, you know, I, I have a whole bunch of sand that I gotta get out of my uh, vagina right now. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, but that's how are we? How are we gonna cultivate pearls here for the TNP merch store if we have no pearl production? <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just funny that people, you know, not to uh, get into nastiness, but I'm really it's okay. I really am feel like I'm being tortured right now. <laughs> um, I, I mean, the worst that I've ever been in my life is uh, when I uh, broke my spine for the second time because once oh. wasn't good for me. And uh, lay, laying wow. in uh, like the best position that I could um, in the like the shitty bro bachelor pad that I lived in at the time uh, on a used couch that had God knows what on it. Uh, watching yeah. uh, Sons of Anarchy, uh, just like the, the full series, like front to back. I um, watched that last episode over and over again because I was like, oh, Chucky wow. is my favorite character. Chucky is Chucky my favorite character. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> my favorite fucking character, dude. I Anything they throw at that dude, he's like, I accept this. He's like, he's just fine with it. Like, it's just, dude, I got a my... <laughs> What the, Before the last season was filmed, I got to uh, put my my. Walgreens disposable camera through the uh, the gate in North Hollywood, the uh, Morrow uh, garage or whatever, Morrow Teller uh, garage or whatever, and uh, yeah, it was actually literally on the set of Sons of Anarchy, but when they weren't filming, but uh, that was one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, I, I don't mean to be I, a crying, I don't mean to be a crying bitch every time, folks, but. I feel like I've a few times. I mean, these gentlemen here and other people that you know, like Peter and Donald and stuff earlier. I really did feel like I was gonna, you know, not exist anymore. And uh, that's some heavy shit. I mean, that's heavy shit. Man. When you don't think you're gonna exist anymore. Oh fuck! I've been married before, so yeah. I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> Touche. Touche. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. But, but anyway, um, I just want to say, Tom, uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate Franco. I appreciate Rachel Cooper. She's awesome. Uh, I had a, an epic conversation with her for like literally 15 hours one night. And uh, I wish she would start a podcast. And um, Franco and Six... Thank you for being there for me when, I, not to throw anyone else under the bus, but 
I've had other people that I thought was more close to me that didn't turn out to be that way. So, in closing, um, I don't mean this to be a... I don't mean this to be negative and sad, but... Um, I appreciate you guys joining me tonight. Um, why don't you just, everyone just tell everyone how they can uh, find you and contact you if you want to be contacted and, and that kind of thing. Um, well, you can find me here on TMP. Um, and then I'll be doing TMP Live tomorrow morning. Uh, and Chris, if, if you want to take the day off, you're more than welcome to. No, me, I'll be there. You're I always welcome to no, hang I, with me. I told you I'd be there. I'll, I'll be there. Oh. Oh. Well, be we'll there. have fun, man. We'll, we'll we'll have a nice, lighthearted talk about all the rest of the world ending. But um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. But uh, yeah, and then um, I mean, hopefully we can get some Mucinex in you, or you know, butt bonging some uh, Sudafed, and uh, get you there for conspiring with Mister Cooper uh, Saturday night. <laughs> I don't know, Chris. You're like the lifeblood of this whole scene. You can't go anywhere, bro. No. We need you. We love yeah. you. And believe me, I don't want to go anywhere. That's that's the scary part. I, well, I we're just going to have to wish you back to this dimension if anything happens. And, 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 and Tiger, doesn't Tom look exactly like Master Roshi from Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> he does, like, we dude. Need fucking, I never, wow. We need a Tom Cooper t-shirt with him dressed up as Master Roshi, but like bulky-ass Master Roshi when he powers up and gets all fucking powerful. Because, Tom, you're into health, too, man. I chatted with you the other night. We were just bullshitting about it health stuff and you and the wife and like you you know your shit when it comes to that stuff too all uh, right i try <laughs> well hopefully we'll have uh tom's son on here. yeah i'm gonna get a hold i'll get a hold of him tomorrow chris and see what's up okay cool i'm looking forward to gonna that. have to get the family matters theme queued up for that oh, I, have that. <laughs> I have that well anyway guys you can find me on twitter um, and you can find me on all TMP uh, stuff. <laughs> me too. Me too. Um, Harlan, where can we find you at, sir? <laughs> well, it's according on what time of day or night. You can find me in the bed right now. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> You you can you can go to griftwithharlan.com, you know, and buy some overpriced shit. Is that a real thing, Harlan? No, but I have thought about that. Oh. <laughs> I am totally down for backing that project because I have a really funny story to share with you guys off air. Okay. Nice. The, um, if you want if you want to see some of the best honest, you know, criticism of the chosen one, Orange Jesus, just the go to Harlan's home while on Facebook. <laughs> Nice. I'm on Twitter too, but I'm I'm not too active on there. Harlan's good people, folks. He's uh he's the real deal. I won't go in I won't literally I won't go into it, but he's a solid human being, folks. 
Yes, sir. Absolutely. I try to be. It, it, it doesn't sound like it to a lot of people, but I no. But yeah, actions speak uh, louder than words. Uh, than yeah, words or whatever. So yeah, he's a good. He's a good dude. All right. Well, well, I am Angry Tiger, and I have Bouncer the Ninja Hound, and he likes to bring the information pound for pound into the Tiger and Snake Studio every Friday at 4 p.m. And if you really Frank, like it, you can okay? enjoy the Tiger's Den. Are you and that okay? is at Wednesday at 8 p.m. too on all TNP platforms for you, me, and Babu. How is that? Does that make everybody feel good? <laughs> Frank, well, no, no, no. First and foremost... Are you doing okay? Because I was kind of worried last night. I was worried this morning and last night. I am okay. I, I okay. think what happened is we had a major shift in the weather pattern here. Yeah. And and I don't I, I don't have congestion in my nose, but I think it's my whole this whole side. Plus, you know, I have I have probably a tooth infection. I'm just getting over. And I have the bruised ribs. So I was like, Yeah, no, I, I looked down yesterday when I was talking to you, man, and at one of my notes and I looked up and everything went. I'm like, what the hell was that? You know? Right. So I thought I was about to die when I was on your stream uh, last week. God, I might have, I just really it sound like it, but I was about to fucking die. That's <laughs> what, yeah. What is going on? You know, I have other friends in our community, and they're, you know, they're the same way. They're like, you know, every other day they're scared they're going to die because their heart's palpitating or they're blacking out or they can't yeah. breathe or. You have them. Yeah. You know, I just felt. I just felt, you know, just, I mean, I didn't really feel nothing really in my lungs out of out of the ordinary, you know, besides them two packs of Marlboro Blacks a day, you know, kind of kick in every now and again. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I just, just all of a sudden, I just, you know, got the feeling real bad. And then that day I was on the stream, I'd been up all night and I slept about an hour and a half. And, uh, you know, I did the show, then I, Roll back over and went to sleep. Wind up, you know, about, spicy, about five hours late, you know, getting out here, you know, that week. And, uh, but uh, then had a tooth, you know, after that, it, it finally settled down. Well, anyone out there that, you know, is uh, somewhat, you know, people that are religious and, you know, they send prayers out to various individuals. Just uh, please keep uh, keep our good friend Franco, you know, in your prayers because, um, you know, not to sound. You too, sucker. Yeah, you, you too, sucker. <laughs> well, no, I mean, because, like, I feel like uh, Franco. Can you had, dig it? Had some kind of whiplash going on. and uh, Well, he did something to his ribs, too. That could have messed up his breathing a little bit. Really you know what I mean? Right. Sinuses and whatever malocchio shit that these people did to us, guys. I, yeah. I really, that's yeah. what I think it is. I just mean that anyone that is like a David Knight follower or someone that puts, you know, the power of prayer and things, I think there's something to that. Uh, good intentions, good vibes. Uh, just uh, give it out to our friend uh, Franco here because he's a good dude and he does a lot of good do. Uh, he does a lot of good um, out there uh, trying to spread the truth. And uh, thanks, Chris. That's Thank what you. I meant by that. So. Thank you. All right, folks. Uh, I'm not gonna milk this forever. You know all this uh, sickness and depression and things and uh, i just appreciate everyone tuning in and uh, continuing to support the tmp network and mr tom cooper who i totally adore thank you 
He's fantastic. <laughs> Franco Harlan Stonewall, fantastic. Pat the Plumber, all these great people. So, uh, and Dana, of course, and Peter Seacush, uh, research extraordinaire. Uh, he's awesome. I'm very privileged and honored to know him, Mr. Donald Jeffries. So, everybody, you guys have a great night, and hopefully uh, you got a lot out of this uh, tonight's um, podcast. Take care, folks. Uh-oh. <laughs> He's gone. Did he We're still alive, too. We're still alive. Okay. Well, oh, there he is. I'm an idiot. Welcome back.